today. It's titled Money and Kids. It's part of the marriage series. But, uh, boy, I'm excited about this one. I was excited about all of them. But uh, I just felt like the Lord was giving me some insight about money. And um, so we probably won't get to the kid factor today. Well, I know we won't. But uh, uh, we will be uh, talking about money. Did you know Jesus talked more about money than he did prayer? I, I, when I was praying this week, I, I felt like the Lord um, uh, really wants you all to know this. I really do. You know, God wants you more blessed than you want to be blessed. God wants you to be more healed than you want to be healed. God wants your marriage to be greater than what you ever thought or dream of. God you know, sometimes we feel like God, it, we have to convince Him. You do not have to convince God that, uh, well, I have to convince God that I really, really want to be healed or I really want to be... No, honey, He wants you... First of all, He's already taken care of it. Secondly, but He wants you to walk in it greater than, uh, than you possibly could dream or imagine. That's your Heavenly Father. So anyway, so one of the keys is just, we just need to believe that. Believe that God is a great, great father. Amen? All right. This is from the U.S. Census. This is not my opinion. This is not just something made up. This is factual from the government, from the U.S. Census. Trillions of dollars exchanged hands last year in the United States. But unfortunately, maybe a lot of that did not come to you. They track every hundred people. Every hundred people, the U.S. Census tracks every hundred people, and by the age of 65, by the age of 65, 36 of those hundred have died. They don't have to worry about retirement because they did not get there. I don't know if you, but that was kind of a staggering number to me. Is it to you? I don't know. I thought, well... U.S. Census could be wrong, but uh, that just sounds like a lot of people. Out of that hundred people, 54 will live totally off their Social Security check or with a family member when they turn 65. It's discouraging, but the message will get better, so just hang on, okay? But uh, the, the American government considers that to be broke. You're broke. If you're just living off your Social Security or living with a family member, because you have to live with a family member, uh, that's 85% of the people that are still alive. Uh, that's 85%. This is the richest nation on the planet. So these statistics are, you know, it just woke me up a little bit. I thought it would be good for you to realize that. 85% considered broke. Five out of the 100 will be working, not after age 65, not because they want to, it's because they have to. Five of the 100. Four will be considered well off. One will be considered wealthy. So you take the four and one, that's 5% will be actually afford to retire. I don't think that's God. Matter of fact, I know God is not pleased with those statistics. So, as your pastor, we're going to change those statistics for our congregation. 
Amen. I thought this is part of my job is to make sure. Now, if you're already retired and you say, yeah, I fit into one of those categories, you don't have to stay in that category. All right. But uh, so 5% out of the 100 people they've tracked. So 97% of American families have no working budget. 97%. So out of 100 people, 97 do not. 3% have a working budget. Now, if you take that 3% and uh, correlate it with or compare it to the 5% that can able that are able to uh, afford when they retire, I, I don't really think that's just coincidental. I think that it's... And tr listen to me. Do not let the devil put you in condemnation over this message. This message is to help you and you need to hear it that way all right so don't go oh, geez this is what the bible says proverbs 27 23 know well the condition of your flocks now back then they didn't have bank accounts but he's basically saying know the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds for riches do not last forever and does a crown endure to all generations. So he's saying, you know, make sure you get, keep track of what's going on. Because it, it, those things could be here today and gone tomorrow. So he's saying keep track of it. I've worked with many uh, financial software programs. I've done U.S. money just to track our, our money for uh, our home. And, uh, but a few weeks ago, uh, I think this is one of the better ones. And I want you all to know about it. Um, Manny and Rose told me about it. It's called everydollar.com. It's free. And I've been doing it just to see how it works. It's everydollar.com. It helps you budget. You can go do it on your laptop or your, your phone. And you can track every dollar that you spend. How much money you're spending on eating out. How much money you're spending on food. How much money you spend. You, Pastor, why is that uh, important? Because in Proverbs it says you need to know the status of your flocks and your herds. You need to know where your money's going. And if 3% of the United States American citizens have a working budget, I think it would be good. Now let's don't get into bondage over this. Don't make it cause an argument in your family. Don't make it an argument in your family. 1979, Harvard University. This is a good story. 1979, Harvard was the number one school of business in the world. Not in America, in the world. Number one, they had the best master's business program on the planet in 1979. I looked it up even Today, in the last few years, they're still in the top five. Sometimes it depends on which website you look at, one, two. But anyway, 1979, they were definitely number one. But they wanted to stay number one. They said, we don't want just to be number one. We want to be number one for years to come. So they hired a company to come and measure them to see how that can happen. So in 1979, this company was hired. And for 10 years, they studied Harvard and so they talked to the graduates in 1979 and asked them at, right before graduation, what are you going to do after you graduate? 
84% of the graduates in 1979 had no plans whatsoever. They'd ask them, what are you going to do after you graduate? What? What are you going to do after you graduate? Uh, well, we just want to make sure we graduate. 84% had no plans. 13% had a plan, but it was kind of vague. It wasn't written down. But 13%, yeah, we've got plans. 3% had a plan, had it written down, and they knew what they were going to do. I mean, it was solid. Well, the company came back 10 years later, 1989. They came back, went over those same students that graduated in 1979. The 13% that had a plan were making twice as much as the 84% combined that had no plan. Twice. The 3% that had a plan, had it written down, said this is what we're going to do, were making 10 times more than the 97% combined. I think there's something correlation there, you, you think? Jesus, in his word, says, you know... If you got a plan, he says, write the vision, write it down, know what's going on. In Luke chapter 14, verse 28, this is Jesus talking. He says, For which of you, building a desire to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Verse 29, Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. Verse 30, saying, this man began a building and was not able to finish it. So evidently, Jesus wants to, to make sure that we know about money and how we can afford and do things and build things. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's maybe a little bit embarrassing to, say, embarrassing to sit there and go, I'm going to build a house, and you lay the foundation, and after a few years go by, and somebody says, where's that house? Well, I, I didn't, but I got the foundation. It's the best-looking foundation you can Money is tied to the condition of your soul. This is it's going to start getting good, so you all can start amen right about now. Amen. <laughs> Money is tied to the condition of your soul. You know, you're a three-part being. You are. The real you is a spiritual man on the inside of you, or woman, you know. You're a spirit being, which is perfect before God nothing damaged nothing missing nothing flawed with your spiritual man you contain a soul your soul is where your mind your will and your emotions are your soul is where your will is in other words that's where you're going to make your choices your chooser your mind that's where you're going to do your thinking and your emotions that's where you're going to do your feelings what you feel. That's where you, you feel in your soul. And then the three part, your spirit, your soul. And then the third part is your house, your dwelling, your earth suit, your flesh, what you look like. So your three part being. The reason I said that your, the money is tied and connected to the condition of your soul, John, 3 John verse 2 says that. 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in a few things. I pray that you prosper in some things. 
I pray that you prosper in spiritual things. Okay, come on now. It's, it's saying it's all things up there. It pro- and how many things? All. Would all be an all-inclusive word, which means anything and everything which would include your finances. Okay, just making sure we're on the same page. And all things and be in health. Now, people try to spiritualize that and say, well, that's just talking about your spiritual health. It doesn't say spiritual health. It says health. Let's just take the word of God for what it was meant. Health. God wants you to prosper in your health. And all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You can look up just as in the Greek and some Strong's Concordance in case you don't want to do that. I did for you. It means this. To the degree of in proportion with. So he says that our health and our outside prosperity is in proportion with our soul prosperity. So in other words, before you see it out here, something's got to be going on on the inside in here. Soul prosperity. So today we're going to talk a little bit about your soul. Let me watch Soul Train back in the 70s. I know how old you are. There's a pastor friend of mine who lives not, he's out of town, so you don't know who I'm talking about. But uh, years ago, he was, uh, even back then, he was an, an elderly, older pastor. And um, he was heavily in debt. Debt, 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 mountains of debt, credit card debt, just all kinds of debt. A good friend of his and was a member of the church, paid all of his debt, got him 100% out of debt. I know. What was his name? No. <laughs> got him totally out of debt. But this is a sad thing. I'm thinking it was about five years later, it was a handful of years later, not very long after that, he was back in debt to the same degree that he was. It wasn't coincidental. The Bureau of Census even says this, 83% of the people who win the lottery, 83% who win the lottery, in three years, lose it. I mean, some of those lotteries are a million, ten million. How can you lose millions of dollars in three years? Eighty-three percent, that's pretty huge. I know the answer. It was the condition of their soul. Listen. If you have a $30,000 mentality soul, you may get a bucket load of money, but eventually you're going to settle right back down to that $30,000 soul. You know, we weren't raised wealthy. A lot of how you were raised will give you the mentality. You know, if we just have enough to the next paycheck, we're blessed, we're good. We got food on the table, we're good. And if you're not careful, that would be the mentality of your soul. A human 
will not allow themselves to make more money than what they think they're worth. Not what God thinks you're worth. As a man thinketh, Proverbs says, so is he. Well, what does God think about you? Well, first of all, he sent the most valuable thing known in the universe, and it was called his son. He did that for you. So evidently, he thinks you're tremendously valuable. One of the most important things we can do for ourselves is to change our soul. can't change your spirit. It's perfect before God. God looks at you, and you're perfect. But your soul can be changed. In Romans, it says to renew your mind. You need to think differently. Why? Because you'll just think like how you were raised, the culture you were raised in, what the TV's told you, what teachers have told you, what everybody's told about you. You'll learn that. And God says, that's not what I'm saying about you. You need to renew this noodle up here. So that's why we come to church. That's why you read your Bible. That's why you talk to God. It's not so you can fill out your religious square. Done that, didn't it? Yeah, but are you changing your soul? Are you renewing your mind? 3 John, verse 3 and 4. We read 3 John, verse 2. It said that he wants you to prosper in health and be in all things. Verse 3 says, For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. Just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, you know, the prayer was in first John or third John 2 was that you prosper in all things. Now listen, let me just get you all on the same page. Would God want in his word something that was not his will and a prayer that says, I want you to prosper in every area of your life. So I mean some of you may not uh, if you've not been coming here very long, you may not truly grab a hold of that God wants you to prosper. And if you don't, that's fine. Just come Long enough and you'll find out that you were wrong. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm serious. But anyway, if you go to our website, rmfchurch.org, at the very bottom of the page, it's got scriptures about prosperity all throughout the Bible. We're not going to take time to do that, but you can go through that knowing that you're a heavenly father. But let's just be real. You know, take off your spiritual hat. If you've got a great father... Would he want you just to barely get by? Would your earthly father want you just like, oh, you lost your house? Well, good for you. Learn something from it. You may not send him a Father's Day card the next. No, you, you're heavenly. If you've got a great father, they're going to want you blessed. Get the, oh, you've got a great job. You've got money. Ooh, your house. Oh, it's a nice house. Oh, you're driving a nice car. Oh, good but then we get all spiritualized and we think our Heavenly Father doesn't want any of that. So what we're saying is, religiously saying, that we think an earthly father may be better than our Heavenly Father. Is that just stupid? He says, just as you walk in the truth, this is how you're going to change your soul. Not just knowing the truth, but you're going to walk in the truth. You're going to, how are you going to change your soul? You're going to walk in the truth. Let me just ask you this. You know, I like it when we know, like when you're driving in your car, 
I don't know about you, but I don't know what I did before this, but you know, when that light goes off and it even will beep at you, low fuel. I thought, what did I do before that? Because I never have run out of gas. But you know, I mean, you're driving it, you know, and you got enough in there that it's not just like you have 30 seconds before self-destruct. <laughs> and 30 seconds, your truck will self-destruct. No, you got, I mean, you got a few miles. Melody drives by faith. It says empty for days. There's not even fumes. You, know, you smell fumes? No, there's not even fumes in that. It's going by faith. But anyway... But I like it when it tells me. So I'm going to give you some, something that will help you with your soul. So it, it, you know whether or not your soul's prospering or not. So let me just, first of all, everybody say this. Everybody together say, I'm never going to feel condemned. Ready? I'm never going to feel condemned. Don't you walk out. Don't let the devil talk to you and say, Oh, Jesus, I just feel so bad. That's the devil. That is the devil. All right? But I'm going to tell you some things that will... If you are a, a really think on the inside, you do a lot of thinking on the inside. Do you think negative stuff a lot on the inside? Are you, are you, you got a lot of sadness and you maybe fighting depression a little bit, quite a bit, and you just um, feel a lot of condemnation. You got guilt going on on the inside, and this is just a, almost a way of life in the on the inside. If that is you, then you can rest assured your soul is not prospering. It is not prospering. On the other hand, now I'm not talking about a fleeting moment. I'm talking about the majority of the time. Now, the majority of the time, if you're kind of a happy person, if you've got joy going on, if you've got peace on the inside of you, if you know you're free from condemnation and guilt, it has nothing on you. And you just have a sense of victory on the inside of you, your soul is prospering. Third John, verse 2, says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper In all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So there's a connection between your soul, what's going on on the inside, what's going on on the inside, and what's transpiring out here. So don't be begging. You know, people think, God, I you just, I'm just barely getting by. You just said, you and I, you said, you and I. Get the violin out. You seen that movie, The Kid? It's called The Kid, and, and she's whining and whining. Get the wambulance, get the wambulance. Okay, maybe you didn't see the movie, but anyway. This isn't God's fault because He paid for your prosperity, He paid for your health, He paid for your salvation, He paid for your victory. It's paid in full. Not a partial payment, it's paid in full. So where is the church missing it? So obviously if 3 to 5%, I mean, are not doing so good after, in the richest country on the planet, that is not God's will. When he's going up there, something's not right, and it's not heaven, because heaven says, I paid for it. So obviously we're missing it down here, and I believe the biggest part of it is that our soul is not prospering. We're not thinking right, we're not believing right. We're not thinking right, we're not believing right. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm just not a very religious person. I'm not very religious. And 
I'm not very spiritual. I loved it when I found this out. Did you know the word uh, to be spiritual is not even in the Bible? You ask somebody, you know, they're a pretty spiritual person. What does that mean? It's not even in the Bible. Be spiritual. I'm from Kentucky. That's what we would say. You know, they're not very spiritual. I'm not very spiritual. I'm not very religious. You know, and so I don't know if I deserve that. Well, welcome to the club. It's called grace. None of us deserve it. You don't have to be spiritual to get salvation. You don't have to be spiritual to get healed. You don't have to be spiritual to have prosperity. You don't have to be spiritual for anything that God says, I've given you. You just need to believe it. This is such a free. If you're religious, it'll probably rub you the wrong way. You know what my mom says, if a cat's furs, if you're rubbing it the wrong way, just turn the cat around. Feels a lot better when you rub it. So if this is rubbing you the wrong way, this message, just turn the message around. You'll feel better before I say amen. This is what you need to believe about your heavenly father. If your soul is going to prosper, listen to me now. This is good. If your soul is going to prosper, you have to believe what your heavenly father has said about you. Not about spiritual people, religious people, what he said about his children. Are you born again? You believe in Jesus? You're saved? You're his child. And this is what God has said about you. He said he's made you the head, not the tail. He's made you above, not beneath. He said whatever you put your hand to shall surely prosper. I mean, and the list goes on and on. He goes on to say, he said, I have taken sin from you. You are not a sinner. Sin shall not have dominion over you ever again. He said, I've made you the righteousness of God. You know, this is the thing. The Bible says that when Jesus went to the cross that the Heavenly Father made him to be sin who knew no sin. Let me just ask you this. Did Jesus become sin on the cross because he sinned? He never sinned, did he? He never sinned. But he was made sin. Having that same kind of mentality to make you righteous. It's not because you were doing right things. It's because you were made righteous because of Jesus. And you say, well, that's, that's good. No, that's vitally important. It will help your soul. We're going we're gonna to talk about your soul. We're, all, we're interested in this morning about our soul being changed. And so you have to think and believe what God your Father has said about you personally, not generically, you know, those people over there. What has God said about you? What has he said about you? Well, walk in the truth. He says, I'm happy. In 3 John, he says, I'm happy that you're walking in the truth. So you and I need to walk in this truth. We need to walk in this. Prosperity is not based upon your IQ or your GPA. 
Having said that, all you young people are going to go, oh, thank God I came to church. I'm quitting school tomorrow. <laughs> no. No, God, you, to get a good job, you, I mean, you can do it. But this is what I'm saying. Some of you out there say, well, I didn't get a college degree or I didn't get this. And, you know, my GPA was not in the four range. Let me just tell you. But I want you to know, according to the Word of God, prosperity is not based upon your IQ or GPA. It's based upon what you believe. What do you believe? You could be 66 years old, living with a family member, living off Social Security, but what do you believe? You believe it's going to be like that forever? Guess what? It will be. But you can believe differently. You can change your soul. You can change what you believe. You can change that God has truly made you the head and not the tail. That all things are possible to him that believes. Change what you believe and you'll change your life. Do you think you're going to make it? It's amazing when people think that they're going to make it, they make it. Why? Because that's what they believe. It's amazing too that people say, well, man, well, we just ain't going to make it. We're going to lose the house. We're going to lose this. I'm going to... And guess what? They don't. Because in their soul, that's what they believed. That is what they believed. Are, look, are you looking to yourself or are you looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith? It says, do you look to yourself? Because it's easy. I've done this in my life a lot of times. Okay, Mike, what are you going to do? You're going to food, you got to this press in there, Mike, you got to work. And that's a good attitude and that's a good mentality. But I tell you what, God is sitting there and goes, I can help you with this. I can help you with your finances. I can help you in the walk of life. I can help you in your marriage. I can help you in everything. He can help you in everything. I want to look at this scripture. If anybody's remotely religious, this is going to be like ripping a band-aid off a sore. I'm just saying. 2 Corinthians 10 Four and five. So I'll take a deep breath before we read. Ready? <sighs> for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Before I read the next one, back in the 70s and 80s, there were people, this is no lie or exaggeration, there were people that were renting 727 aircraft, filling them full of a bunch of people that would pray, and they would fly 30,000 feet over a city and bring down and take authority over spiritual strongholds. That was such a waste of money. I'm telling you, that didn't do any good at all. Hopefully you weren't on that plane, but if you were, I'm sorry. But uh, it didn't do any good. First of all... Why would you want to do something that the devil's already defeated for? <laughs> that was good. The Bible says the devil's defeated. So you're going to fly 30,000 feet. It's, it's too bad Jesus didn't have a plane to fight the devil. I'm just saying. Can you imagine? Tell the disciples, listen, we're not going to be able to defeat the, defeat the enemy totally because we don't have an aircraft. A what? 
Yeah, I know it's above you, but we just we're, but you know, someday they will have aircraft and we can defeat the enemy. Okay, I'm being a little sarcastic, but anyway. This is not what the scripture means. Verse 5 tells us casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Where is he talking about here? He's not talking about 30,000 feet. He's talking about between your ears. And you don't have to get 30,000 feet to be able to talk and understand what's going on between your ears. You can, but you don't have to. Now listen to me. It says, verse 5, casting down arguments and high th- every high thing, thoughts that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to your obedience? This is where the band-aid gets ripped. It says, according to the obedience of Christ. You ever get the devil inside of your head and say, well, you just aren't obeying enough. And when you do obey, it's not good enough. You just need to obey a little bit more. I'm not advocating that you don't obey God. I'm not. But I am advocating that what you receive from God is not based upon you. It's based upon Him. Listen to me. I know this. Some of you just just keep chewing it. Eventually, you chew on something long enough, you, you can swallow it. But it says, to the obedience of... To the obedience of... To the obedience of. So who's the main thing here? It's him and what he has obeyed. Did Christ obey? Whoa, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, I falter in my obedience. Do you falter in your obedience a little bit? Yeah, I may not, I may not. But this is what the Bible says. He says, I'm not going to respond based upon what you have done, Mike. I'm going to respond based upon what my son has done and he's obeyed perfectly. That set you free. That have ripped up all the cards that you've been keeping, your religious squares. You may just say, God's fulfilled them all. This is why I raise my hands to sing worship, because he did it for me. He did it for Mike Davis. Woo! He went to the cross for Mike Davis. He became poor for me. He bore shame so I wouldn't have to. That's why I sing. That's why I worship. That's why I like studying the Bible. That's why I like coming to church. I like it because with a bullhorn, I'm going to shout it to the mountaintops. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over everything. He's Lord over even Mike. So as far as Mike is concerned, I've got victory 24-7 because i got the victor living inside of me. So now I can look upon his obedience and realize that's what's given me victory. Now, what does this have to do about your soul? If you get your thinking like that, it's going to change your soul. It's not about Mike. Isn't it great when you're not under the magnifying glass? You see flaws. You know, it's kind of like HD TV. You know, used to you think, wow, man, that announcer, or, I didn't know he had a mole on his forehead. Man, look at that ugly thing. He's got a hair growing out of it. Man, that's hard. 
You get this great quality, and it just puts everybody under the microscope. It doesn't look so good. God says, my microscope is under Jesus. It's over Jesus. And he can handle it. That has set you free. It sets you free. And it causes your soul to prosper. All of a sudden, your $25,000 soul, your $12,000 soul, you go, ooh, I'm going to bump that up to a million-dollar soul. Why? It's not because of what Mike deserves. It's not because of what Mike thinks, well, you know, I just don't deserve that. All of us are in that category. I said all of us are in that don't. We don't. Did you know you don't even deserve salvation? You don't deserve healing. You don't deserve prosperity. You don't deserve any of that. But God says, I'm going to make you all deservable. It's called grace. And he paid him full. He paid him full for you. You start thinking that way, it's going to change your soul. You won't have a poverty soul. You'll have a soul. Oh, You'll be a type of person, you may be making 20000 this year, and there'll be a time maybe all kinds of money will come into your hands and it won't cause you to self-destruct. Why? Because your soul can't handle it. Because your soul thinks bad. You know, I really don't deserve that million dollars. Mike Davis, D-A-V-I-S, write the check to me. <laughs> in all seriousness, we're going to change that. We're going to change that in you and you and you and everybody in here. You just keep listening. You keep being open. And your soul's going to get stronger and grow and stronger and grow and you'll be at the point to where bring it on I'm going to prosper even as my soul prosper and I'll tell you that's warfare going on in between your brain because your brain goes well you're not you know you're this and you're that no no I believe what Jesus said about me I believe Jesus died for me I believe that all of my sin has been forgiven I believe I've been made the righteousness of God. I believe Jesus became as I was and I became as he is. The Bible says in John, as he is right now, so are we in this world right now. Which means Pueblo. And just for the record, just quit knocking Pueblo. Just quit knocking it. Why would you want to curse the place you live? So just stop cursing the place you live. Start blessing the place you live. Proverbs 11, it says you can bless or curse with your tongue. So just stop it. Just say, whoo, Pueblo's the greatest place on the earth. This is where God is. This is where I am. Good things are going to happen. It can't help but happen. It can't, I don't care who's in office. It's going to happen good to me because of my father. Even in Pueblo. John, chapter 1, verse 17. So, bring your thoughts into the obedience of Christ. John 1.17, for the law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That word grace and truth in Greek is one word. It's not two. The translators broke it down to two, two words, grace and truth. But in one word, it is the truth of grace that makes you free. That's what that word means. It is the truth. I'm going to say it again. It is the truth of grace that makes you free. Why is that so important? Because grace is you get something that you don't deserve. 
think that's good. That's a good thing. That's why the gospel is called good news. Why? I get something that I don't deserve. I get prosperity. Don't really deserve it. I get healing. Don't really deserve it. I get victory on this planet. Don't really deserve it. And I get to spend eternity in heaven with my heavenly Father and Jesus. Don't really deserve that. And God says, I'm giving it all to you. Boom. Paid him full. Everybody say, that's my Father. Grace and truth. It's the truth about grace that lets you... Proverbs 3, 3. I got to hurry. Let not mercy, that word in Hebrew is actually grace. Let not grace and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Why is he saying this? He says, evidently it must be easy for us to forget about the grace of God and the truth of God. Verse 4. And so, if you do that, if you bring into your mind how good God is, His grace, if you do that, you'll find favor and high esteem. That word high esteem is the same word in Joshua 1.8. It says that he'll cause great success or prosperity to you. Same word. So you'll find favor and prosperity. Good success in the sight of God, which we already have, but and man. How many know that's you want favor in front of man? The favor of man. Well, God says you can have it. You've got to change your soul. And the way to do it, he says, bind grace and truth. In other words, he says, you should be thinking about that from time to time. I'm not talking about 24-7, but you and I need to be mindful of the grace of God, and you'll be walking, you just need to believe that. You know what? Wherever I go, favor goes with me. When I go to Sam's, favor walked into Sam's. When I go to a car lot, as soon as I set my foot on the car lot, favor walked into the car lot. A company, I used to say this when I worked for FedEx. I said, FedEx will prosper because I work for them. You say, well, Mike, that's just bodacious, braggadocious, and arrogant and everything. And the Lord told me that. He says, Mike, I will cause this company to prosper because of you. I said, well, Lord, I don't deserve that. He goes, yeah, I know. But it ain't because of you. It's because of Jesus. Your company may go under. You just say, well, you know what? It was their loss. I'll go to a company or I'll start a company. You need to believe that wherever you go, favor, I mean, it just, it's just all over you. Which means you've got to quit talking about, you know, I just can't get a good job. If you say that and you're thinking that, your soul is not prospering, and so you're going to have a hard time prospering. And it's not because of God. It's because of your soul. What do you believe? Sometimes I don't believe, think, you know, I deserve all of that. Just remember the, the word grace. When the devil brings that up, you go, that's right. But Jesus has given me grace. He soaked me in it, matter of fact. Soaked me in his grace. It's abundant. That's why Paul says, you know, make sure that you don't frustrate the grace of God. What does that mean? It's in you to prosper. But you and I can frustrate it because of what we're believing wrongly and thinking wrongly about what God's thinking towards you and me. 
That's frustrating. In other words, grace is inside of us going, you, you're blessed, you're successful, you're the head. and not the, That's the grace of God. It's just wanting to come out, but your mind, your soul, and your feelings, you believe that you're not. So you frustrate the grace. Grace is wanting to get out. And you go, no. First Timothy 4.15 says the same thing. Meditate. What does that mean? You're going to think about this. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. That thy profiting may appear to... People try to spiritualize this. Well, that's talking about spiritual profiting. Well, you know, it's kind of hard for people to see spiritual prospering. Lillian, I love you, but I can't... I don't see spiritual profiting. You can't see spiritual profiting. That's not what that word says. It says that your profiting may uh, appear. To, in other words, you should be prospering and people see it. You should be prospering and people see it. Hey, I saw you, I saw you got a new car. <laughs> sure did. Nice. Wish I could have a car. You can, but you got to change that thing up there. You gotta change your soul. You can change your soul and it'll change your life when you hook up with what God says about you and me. I said, when you hook up with what God says about you and me. I said, when you hook up with what God says about you and me, you'll start thinking differently, and your thinking will cause you to believe differently, and it'll cause your soul to prosper, and you'll see it on the outside of you. In all things. Everybody say all things. Let's stand. Hallelujah. All things. God wants you to prosper. And he says this is how you're going. So he's going to help us. And he is helping us. But I'm telling you our soul is going to be transformed. Thinking differently. Choosing differently. Feeling differently. You'll start feeling. Now listen, if you start feeling all this negativity and all this stuff, just remember that's a warning light on your dashboard that you're, hey, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. You start thinking that. I can't ever do anything right. Oh, I messed up. Oh, I just, I just can't get the victory over this sin. I just can't get victory over this. I can't. You're thinking wrong. The Bible says that sin no longer has dominion over you which means you are above it you've got a power Ephesians 3 20 that God is doing exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think that power is in you according to the power that is in us quit looking up to heaven and say God give me more power he says I've given you all that I got it's in you this is the one who created the 96 billion universes galaxies all around the universe ours is one of the smallest ones and in all of these billions of galaxies he looks down upon man he looks down upon you specifically and he says I'm in you I am in you I am in you I am that I am is in you it's going to be an easy thing to change your soul when you start lining up with what he says about you. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I, I, can't, I can't help but succeed because of the goodness of God that is in me. He is so good. 
The Bible says there's no shadow. There's no turning. There's nothing bad or evil. There's nothing. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from Him. Nothing evil, nothing bad. He loves you. He's done so much for you. And He's wanting you to think differently. He's wanting you to believe differently. Start believing that your future is bright. Start believing that you are just going to walk in divine favor every day of your life. Start believing. Get that soul turned around. Turn it around. You won't probably, if you're in a ditch, you know, tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and it's, it's going to be, that's where the warfare is. It's a war. It's a war. Not between you and the devil. It's between you and that skull. That's where the war is. So change the way that you think. Change the way that you believe. Write scriptures on your refrigerator that says something totally opposite of what you've been thinking about yourself. If you think negative thoughts about yourself, honey, you better get something written out to where it's contradictory to what you've been thinking. I win, I win, I win, I win. I win. No matter what, I don't care what it looks like in my checkbook. I don't care what it looks like in my job. I'm on top. I believe that. Get your talk highly about your kids. Talk highly about your spouse. Man, we're just a bunch of winners going around waiting to spit hell in the face. Amen.